सहनावत सहनौ सह वीरकरवाहस्वीतमस्तुम कुर्वाणो मद्व्यपाश्रय कुर्वाणो मद्व्यपाश्रय मत्दादवाप्नोती मत्दादवाप्नोती शाश्वत पदम्यय शाश्वत पदम्यय चेतसाकर्मा चेतसाकर्मा मयि सन्न्य मत्पर मयि सन्न्य मत्पर बुद्धिमुपाश्रि बुद्धिमुपाश्रि मच्चित सततम भव मच्चित सततम भव मच्चित सर्वुर्गाणी मच्चित सर्वुर्गा मत्दाष्यसे मत्दाष्यसे अथ चेतमहंकारात्मकारा न श्रोष्यसी विनश्यसे न श्रोष्यसी विनश्यसे सर्वकर्माणि अपि कुर्वाणः सर्वकर्माणि कुर्वाणः अपि इवन व्हेन यू परफॉर्म एनी काइंड ऑफ एक्शन हे अर्जुना वेदर द रिलीजियस एक्शंस और सेक्युलर एक्शंस मद्व्यपाश्रय कुर्वाणः परफॉर्मिंग द एक्शंस टेकिंग रेफ्यूज अंटू मी मत्प्रसादाद वापनोदे मीनिंग दैट व्हेन यू टेक रेफ्यूज अंटू मी देन यू रिसीव माय ग्रेस ऑल माय ग्रेस दैट इज ऑलवेज देयर बिकम्स अवेलेबल टू यू शाश्वतम पदम अव्ययम आपनोते एंड यू लटेन शाश्वतम अव्ययम पदम दैट पदम अबोट दैट इज इटर्नल एंड इम्फेरिशेबल हाउ डू वी गेट द ग्रेस चेतसा सर्वकर्माणी मई संन्यस्य चेतसा विवेक बुद्धिया सो यूजिंग विवेक बुद्धि वन वे इज सो दैट इज कॉल स्वामी भृत्य न्याय दैट आई एम द सर्वंट एंड लॉर्ड इज द मैस्टर and so whatever i am doing i am doing as a servant does to his master <coughs> and that way a servant always keeps a master in his mind as i say when the servant does something at home i'm just giving an example of a cook when the cook cooks you know for the swami then all along while he's cooking a part of his mind is always thinking of the swami as to what he likes so this swami bhakti swami means a master and bhutim is a servant this master servant relationship also some relationship should be established with the lord the way to remember is a relationship should be established and a relationship in which there is of course love so how the mother for example thinks of the son the son is has gone abroad for many years and now he is coming visiting you know home for a few weeks and just is looking forward to that for a month i guess she's planning now that he must be coming and coming and now she must be visualizing in her mind that he must reach bombay now he must be getting down passing through the customs whatever now he must be coming taking the train so whatever she does she prepares 
keeps everything ready for him. And whatever she cooks, all the time thinking about her son. So this is what it is. For an object, when you do something for the one whom you love, automatically the thinking goes on. And so, Swami Bhrutya, at one point, Shankaracharya says that, do it in the spirit of this first servant, doing it for the master. And then servant always wants to please the master. And there is no demand, as I said, when the cook is cooking the food, cooks what the master likes. <coughs> and he may, what he may like is something else. As I said, when he cooks food at his home, it will be quite different. When he cooks here in the ashram, he is quite different. <coughs> and so thinking all along what it is that he likes. And that is said to be surrendering or offering all the actions to the master. Matparaha, <coughs> and that is done purely to please the master. Not that, that itself is a reward. So what's the reward of doing this? That by my action, that the master will be pleased, that itself is a reward. Although an ordinary servant receives remuneration and that also can be a reward. But here, that the master, the Lord will be pleased with what I am doing, in itself that's a reward because is it not so? That when there is the relationship of love is there, what other reward do you want? That the loved one is pleased by what you do, itself is a reward. And so Narada Muni says that love is its own reward. It's where you require reward, but here love is its own reward. And this develops in course of time. But the idea is that here, Juna, whatever you do, do it with love for me. Matparaha. <coughs> and keeping in me in mind, and also with the purpose of attaining me, that I am the very means and I am the very goal. That by serving me you do not ask for something other than myself. Don't ask for some limited thing. If you ask for that, you'll get that. But then you keep on asking. And so there are many people who approach the Lord, seeking some limited benefits. <coughs> but that is always going to be limited. And therefore, so mat bhaktayanti mamapi. Devan, devayajoyanti, mat bhaktayanti mamapi. Lord Krishna says, if you want a limited result from me, you will get that. If you want me, you will get me. And so, by serving the Lord, ask for the Lord Himself, mat paraha. Buddhyogam upashritya, mat chittaha satadambhava. This is the resorting to karma yoga, the spirit of karma yoga. Always fix your mind unto me. Machitha Saradubhani Mat Prasada Tarishasi and thus you who is identified with me. As we said, Karma Yoga is nothing but Bhakti Yoga where there is an identification with the Lord. Just as the servant is identified with the Master when he is doing something for the Master, here also the devotee is identified with the Lord. What it is that he would like. And a typical example is when you perform this worship. That gives a great opportunity of identification. Depending on what form is in front of me. Because Lord Shiva has his own choices, and Lord Krishna, he would have his, his choices. If there is Devi, she would have her choices. And therefore the devotee always thinks, if there is an altar where there is little Lord Krishna, whom I am worshipping, then know what he would like. So when you wake up in the morning, and he must be hungry, and therefore offer some butter and some milk or whatever it is, and when he... I will give him the bath and then give him some breakfast and then give him something else and then lunch and... So people who worship all along, all day, they think only about the Lord, what he would like. 
We must be feeling cold and therefore let there be heat there, we must be feeling warm, let there be a fan there. And then um, all the time think of some new garments for the little Lord and then new ornaments and new little malas made of flowers. So thus, this is how they spend their day. It is also thinking of the Lord and that, thus this puja, the act of worship also provides an excellent opportunity to keep the Lord in mind. What I do is all different. So you cook also, that is for him, and you make some garments, that is also for him. You make some ornaments, that is also for him. You make some garlands, that is also for him. Whatever you do is that. What you do is different. Actions are many, but the center of all the actions is him alone. So that is with reference to the act of worship. And so people who make these malas, you know, for Lord Dakshinamurti, they spend hours together making the, the flower garlands. And so by doing that, you meditate upon Dakshinamurti also. Because then, you see how, how long the mala must be, I imagine they must be doing like this, you know, how long the mala must be, how the arrangement is going to be there, the red flowers are placed here, the white flowers are here, some symmetry, all these things are there. And so, you have to be alert while doing that, your mind also must be focused in what you are doing and thinking of Lord Dakshinamurti. It's not too long, not too short, whether it goes back, you know, sometimes people make the malas and when don't give much attention to that, then they bring and try to give you, you know, try to offer the mala, except it can't go into your head, it's so small, you know. And sometimes it is so long, some, so, but then it must be the right length. So all of this requires to be thinking about the Lord. So this is about the act of worship that we perform to an image. Similarly also, our all actions can also become the act of worship, keeping the Lord in mind. Machitaha, <coughs> thus you whose mind is fixed on me, Sarudurgani, Mat Prasada, Tarishasi, here you know, whatever obstacles are there in the goal that you want to reach. As we said, moksha, the liberation, is already attained because the self, Atma is already liberated. And what is it that denies me the liberation, the freedom that I am? Some obstacles. That ignorance is obstacle. And from ignorance the sense of ego arises, that is obstacle. And from the ego then raga dvesha arises. It says avidya, asmita, raga, dvesha, abhinavesha. First is ignorance. And that ignorance causes the identification with the non-self, with the personality of the body. From that arises sense of ego, sense of individuality. And when the sense of individuality arises, that I am an individual being, then whatever is favorable to me, there is an attachment. Whatever is threatening my security, an aversion. And therefore, from the ego or ahankara, raga and the dvesha arise. And these raga dveshas, both of them give rise to fear. So these are all obstacles. <coughs> so, mat sarva durgani mat prasada tarishasi. Here, you know, you cross all the obstacles by my grace. <coughs> and then a warning. In the second line of verse 58, asachet tum ahankarat Nashroshasi Vinangshasi. However, on account of the pride that you have, or the ego, the pride that you have, Nashroshasi, if you do not listen to me, Arjuna is listening to Lord Krishna, then also Lord, if you do not listen to me, meaning that if you do not accept what is being told to you, that means you decide to do something different from what I am telling you. Listen to me. When we say that, we know that he is listening. 
Listen to me means understand what I am saying and accept what I am saying. That is what Listen to me means what? Do what I am asking you to do. Here, you know, if you do, if you do not do what I am say, saying here that you should do, it is not that Lord Krishna is commanding Arjuna to do something. Understand that this is 18th chapter of the Gita and this is a conclusion. And Lord is concluding the whole teaching. And all possible reasons that are required for Arjuna to understand why he should perform the action, all of them have been given. In fact, Lord Krishna does not think that Arjuna will not do what he is asking him to do. Lord is not asking him to do, Lord is teaching. And Lord Krishna himself is quite sure that Arjuna understands what is being told. And still, a warning is given here. If not to Arjuna, to anybody else. Because Arjuna is of course the occasion because of which this teaching is imparted, is imparted to all the aspirants, to all the human beings at all the times. And therefore, ahankara. If your ahankara comes in the way, and that is what actually becomes an great obstacle. What is it that keeps the student separated from the teacher? Even though the person may be sitting in front of you and listening and still hearing and still not listening, it's possible. Because Arjuna, because of pride, you think that you know better and therefore would not listen to me. That means would not accept what it is that I am telling you. When Shasi, remember that you will get destroyed. <coughs> this is a very serious thing. Lord Krishna is telling Arjuna, you will get destroyed. <coughs> what do you mean you get destroyed? Destroyed means what? Urushathat bhashto bhavishyati. It's not that Arjuna will die, but he'll become useless. So what is really the use of a human being? That he has the free will and that he judiciously uses the free will to attain the goal of his life. And therefore the capacity on my part to do the right thing, to make the right choices, use my viveka buddhi, my sense of discrimination to make the right choices so that my life becomes a process of marching forward towards my goal so that ultimately I reach my goal. So that is what we call purushartha, that is how the self-effort is made. And Lord Krishna says that I have now expounded the need for karma or the action in the life of an aspirant who requires still the antahagan shuddhi or purification of mind. As long as there are these strong attachments and aversions, so long Arjuna, it is necessary that you must perform your action, perform your duty. Not just action, you must perform your duty. And if you don't do that, in fact, you will invite your own destruction, meaning you will invite your own downfall. Idamcha prayanamantavyam svatantroham And don't think, Arjuna, don't think in this way that I am independent. Kimasam paroktam karishyami I am independent for you to make my own choices. And why should I then follow, just obey what somebody else tells me? I can make my own choices. That is in response to that Lord Krishna says, this, this, as Swami says, this, 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 the choice, the society of choices. Even little children, you know, as long as they are home, up to the age of four or some five, you know, as long as they are not gone to school, so long they are all very dear, you know, and oh, they, they obey everything. 
Once even this chap starts going to even the kindergarten. Not yet started going to school, kindergarten, one year. So every year I see this boy growing. And this year also, and so uh, I told this boy, you know, uh, you've been watching TV now, shut up, no, you, you want to do something else. Then he says, do I have to? <laughs> this little one, you know. Do I have to? Well, why not? I don't, I don't think I have to. No, this little thing, you know, he can hardly talk. And then he has already started saying this. Idea is that, Swatantroham, I am free. Why should I have to obey what somebody else tells me? Arjuna, therefore, if you think that you are free, you are independent, and therefore, you don't have to follow what I or anybody else tells you, I think that that is a wrong way of thinking. <clears throat> says in the verse 59, Yadahankarama śritya Yadahankarama śritya Nayotsya iti manyase Nayotsya iti manyase Mithyai śavyavasāyaste Mithyai śavyavasāyaste Prakritistvāṁ yokshyate Prakritistvāṁ yokshyate Yad meaning yadi, if Ahankāram āśritya Resorting to your pride, resorting to your ego or pride. So now we can resort to one of the two things. Either I can resort to the teaching or I can resort to my pride. One day we are examining, you know, what various things we can do. We say that either I can place myself in the hands of the Shastra. It is called Shastra, Shasanat, Shastram. You know, Shastra means scripture. And the word Shastra is derived from the root Shast in the sense of ruling. Shasana, Shastram. It is called Shastra because it rules. So scriptures rule over the people. In what way do they rule? By enjoining, by do's and don'ts. Do this and don't do that. This is what the scriptures do to us. And so this Vidhi and Nisheda. The whole karma kanda section, that means a section dealing with karma or the rituals or the duties, is full of do's and don'ts. Do this, don't do that. Satyam vada, dharmam chara, may you speak truth, may you follow dharma or righteousness. Swadhyayan ma pramadaha, and may you not have, may you not be indifferent to your study. Swadhyaya pravachanabhyana pramaditavyam. One should not be indifferent to Swadhyaya study and repeating. So do's and don'ts, this is what we find in the scriptures. Now it is up to me whether I submit myself or my free will to the scriptures or I assert my free will and do what I want to do. So here Lord Krishna says, Yadi ahankaram ashritya Resorting to your ego, manyase, if you come to the conclusion after all this teaching, see Lord Krishna did not say in the second chapter right away, do what I am telling you to do. Although Lord Krishna says often, tasmad yadhyasvabharata, therefore here Arjuna, may you fight. 
तस्माद पिष्ठ काउंट है युद्धाय कृत निश्चय है वही काउंट है हे अर्जुन अराइज रेडी टू फाइट डिटर्मिन टू फाइट एंड इट इज नॉट दैट लॉर्ड कृष्णाजी गेव इंस्ट्रक्शन लॉर्ड कृष्णाज गिवन एम्पल रीजन नंबर ऑफ टाइम्स एस्टाब्लिशिंग दी नेसेसिटी the necessity or unavoidability of duty on the part of arjuna and on the part of all the seekers who are similar to arjuna arjuna by his own account said to krishna lord, lord krishna at one point chanchalam hi manah krishna pramasi balavadram o lord my mind is restless and it is obstinate and it is strong i don't know how to control it i think controlling my mind is more difficult than even controlling wind this arjuna admitted his own by himself so this ragadvesha the attachment aversions are there so as long as this kama krodha the, the you know the lust desire and the anger and all these things are there so long of course it is necessary that we must perform the duties that as we have been saying all along that it is a very spirit of duty and particularly perform the spirit of devotion that is conducive to it heals all the wounds inside all this lust and the anger and the greed and resentment and, and jealousies and whatever i have all show there are wounds inside so somebody told him there was a camp going on with some westerners you know in the question and answer session when somebody said swami ji we are all wounded people i don't see the wounds you know said, yes there are wounds in the heart so understand that whenever i am jealous whenever i am angry whenever you know whenever there is resentment all of these represent some wounds inside all these wounds need to be healed and that is why bhagavad gita is prescribing a certain spirit certain attitude that i adopt in my life by which in course of time all these wounds will be healed and that is how the anger will go that's how the resentment will go otherwise it will not go well of course i have to deal with my anger by my own vivek buddhi by discrimination and still as long as wounds are there they require to be healed <clears throat> and so this this act of devotion the act of reaching out act of giving love rather than asking for love you know the whole the whole uh, approach the whole pattern of giving rather than demanding as you said the duty based versus the right based it's not right but the duty not rights but duty <clears throat> so lord krishna is in fact very elaborately explain how this whole thing helps you to grow and as long as you require to grow as long as you are not able to manage your own likes and dislikes so long it is important that you pursue this mode of life nayotsedi manyase but then dharmiko ham kruram karma na karishyami says lord i am a religious person and the action that you are asking me to perform of killing all these near and dear ones that is a very cruel action and i think it is a dharma i think it is violence i think it is not righteousness and therefore i will not do it it is mithya abhimanam this false pride and so that i am a dharmaatma that i am a righteous person also can become a matter of pride and on account of having this false notion of dharma means at this time because of course arjuna himself said dharma samudha chetaha oh lord at this point my mind is quite confused with reference to what is dharma and what is adharma should i fight this battle would then be dharma the right thing to do 
or that I do not fight the battle. Would that be the right thing to do? This was how he submitted himself to Lord Krishna and Lord Krishna has shown him through all this teaching as to how fighting this battle is dharma. And you still have some kind of an ahankara, some kind of a pride that panditoham, I am a learned person, I know. Yes, yes, this is what you said, but I know what to do because I have studied the scriptures. And this panditoham, dharmikoham, I am a pandita, I am a learned man, I am a religious person. In this manner then you stick to your conclusion or your determination. Nayotse, I will not fight. Nayotse iti manyase, mithya, mithya esha vyavasayaste. This resolve, this determination on your part that I will not fight is mithya, is in fact, you know, is, is resolve is false or is vain. You'll find that your resolve of not fighting is vain or not performing action is vain. Why? Prakrutistvam niyokshari. It is your nature that will impel you anyway. Here Arjuna, understand that you still do not, you are not free. You think that I am free, you are not free. Because you are an ignorant person who has not yet brought under control his likes and dislikes or even impulses. He is really not free. Although we may have this political freedom and social freedom and all kinds of freedom we may have, but still we are not free. Inasmuch as a human being is generally controlled by his own impulses, there are compulsions within myself and I am compelled to do something. A person cannot sit quietly even for a moment. That is, person cannot remain inactive even for a moment. It is prakriti's nature, which in fact will compel him to do something. <coughs> you know Swami's story of the sadhu in the, in the temple. So this is Lord Shiva's temple. Every day they are offering rice, you know, as nevedya, at the midday to Lord Shiva. And of course, the amount of rice that is offered is proportionate to the size of the linga. And so certain quantity of rice is being offered every day to Lord Shiva. And then that prasad arises distributed to different the priests and different people working in the temple. It seems that one measure of rice was every day given to one sadhu, one mahatma sadhu, a sannyasi, who would come there and sit in front of the Lord and say nothing, do nothing, just sit quietly and do nothing. So this must have been going on for some years. And then there was a change in management. A new administrator came. He was looking at all the expenses and what other things, you know, and he said, so it was uh, this distribution of this rice, prasada. How come you are giving one measure of rice to this man? He is not doing anything. Then the man, then the priest said, I do not know because that's what is written in the book, that every day you must give one measure of rice to this, to this person also. Who has written that? I think the earlier administrator did it. Stop it. Okay, so next day this person, this sadhu did not receive his measure of prasad. Stayed hungry. Next day also this did not come to him. And then he went and inquired, what is the matter? He says, well, the new administrator has come and he feels that you should not get this prasad. Why? Because you don't do anything. You just come and sit and do nothing. Just sit quietly. So that is also important. So what is so important? He doesn't think it is important. All right, invite him. 
So let the administrator come and see you. Let him demonstrate if he can sit quiet for one day. And so the administrator was informed of this. He said, of course, what is that? I mean, you know, I can sit quietly as long as he wants. So please come down. And so next day, this sadhu also sitting there quietly. This man also came and sat there. And he also closed his eyes for one or two minutes and then he was just looking around, you know, as to what's happening. And so the sadhu says, don't open your eyes. Just keep them closed. So he kept his eyes closed, but then, you know, he started moving this way and that way. He said, don't move, just sit still. Then started writing some, some, some doodle or something or the other with his finger. Don't do that, just keep quiet, just sit still, quietly. In ten minutes this man got up. He says, no way I can keep quiet. And then he announced that instead of one measure, let this sadhu get two measures of rice from <laughs> He recognized how difficult it is just not to do something, not to do anything. It is not easy. In fact, therefore, one does not have freedom to give up action. Sannyasa means renunciation. It is gone on the other side. But anyway, renunciation of duties. So, renunciation of duties, but when can I renounce? If I have freedom to give up the duties, you have freedom to give up the action. Lord Krishna says, Arjuna, you do not have the freedom to give up the action. You do not have the freedom to remain inactive. Why? Prakritisthvam niyokshati. It is your own nature. By nature, we mean your own inner impulses, your own likes and dislikes, your own inner restlessness, discomfort that you have inside, that will compel you to do something anyway. <coughs> so you have to choose whether you will be controlled by your inner impulses or you will be controlled by the scriptures. That's all. But one requires to be controlled. Now this may not, you know, this may sound rather very odd at this time when we say that you choose to be controlled by somebody. Swami, how can you do, how can you say that? I, why should I be controlled by anybody? But yes, that is called Shastra, that is called scripture which controls a person. For the simple reason that you require some guidelines, some direction in your life. So what is the scripture? So imagine a man standing on the top of the hill and he has a total view as compared to a person standing at the foothill and he has a very limited view. And therefore the man standing there tells him which way to go because he has a total view. And so the scriptures are those which are the revelations of Lord and therefore we look upon them as Sarvajna, all-knowing. In short, the scripture has a total view. And I as an individual has a very limited view based on my own likes and dislikes, my own self-centered view. And therefore in all likelihood the decisions that I will make are going to be hurtful to me only. And therefore, until I gain the maturity to, I, to also have the same total view that the scriptures have, until then I shall follow the instructions of the scriptures. So, therefore Lord Krishna says, do what I am asking you to do. In fact, Lord does not ask him to do. Lord in fact has expounded and has unfolded and has established as to why Arjuna should perform the duty. And still, in case there is some last obstacle, Lord Krishna just wants to, he just wants to make sure, in case there is something in Arjuna, still left. Doesn't think that there is anything left. I don't think Lord Krishna thinks that Arjuna is not going to fight. But in case, 
Prakriti-stvam-nyokshadi, it is Prakriti, then your own nature will control you. <coughs> what is that nature? The next verse tells us that. Svabhava-jena-kaunteya, svabhava-jena-kaunteya, nibadhasvena-karmana, nibadhasvena-karmana, kartum nechasiyan mohad kartum nechasiyan mohad karishyasya vasopitata karishyasya vasopitata subhava jena svena karmana nibaddha hi kaunteya hi arjuna nibaddha bound by svena karmana by your own action Svabhavajena, which is born of your own nature. The idea is that every individual is born with certain disposition, as we have been discussing, that various dispositions. Natural Arjuna also is born with a certain disposition. And this disposition of the nature, which is basically determined by all the past actions or the past tendencies that he has, has cultivated. And thus, a person is born with certain natural tendencies. And those tendencies generally govern what I do. And Arjuna is born with the tendency of Kshatriya. And therefore that boldness is there, the valor is there, and therefore Arjuna cannot stand injustice, you know. He is a person who will not, cannot, even if he is a sannyasi, and the sannyasi also is doing his japa, let us say. And he finds somewhere around, you know, that somebody is trying to hurt somebody else, attack. he cannot, you know, he can keep, cannot keep quiet. He will have to go and do something about it. There are people who when they see things happening around them, they just cannot keep quiet. They have to do something about it. Swamiji, you must take up this issue. You have to do something about it. You, how can you, how can you have this injustice going on, Swamiji, you know? How can you do something about it? I said, none of your business. Let them do what they No, no, no. It is my business because I am here and so I must take up that issue. There is Kshatriya. A Kshatriya is a person wherever he is, he is always wedded to dharma, the righteousness. Not only that he follows righteousness or dharma, but then he always will make sure to protect dharma also is his job. That is what his natural tendency is. So if he finds some adharma going on someplace, he will interfere in that somehow, you know, plunge into that and then try to think, set things right. Arjuna, you, this, you will do. This is your nature. He is dhanam, ishwar bhavascha, generosity. You find somebody, you know, even if you are a sannyasi, you find somebody is hungry, somebody is poor, somebody is needy, then you will want to do something about it. You will feel guilty that you cannot do something, it's better. You would think that hey, I would have been better if I was a Kshatriya and I was a king, in which case I would have had the resources to help this person. Now I become a sannyasa, I'm myself a beggar, what can I do? And thus when you see other people, this instinct on your part, this tendency to the generosity, to be able to help, all of this will come forward. And so this is Arjuna's Prakriti, is very good Prakriti. But still, that strong tendency is there and that tendency will compel you to do things. Earlier Lord Krishna said the sannyasis of three types. Niyatasya sannyasa karmana no papadyate mohatasya parityagaha tamasa parikirtitaha. That one's own duty one cannot give up. And if you give up your duty not understanding the role that he has to play in your life, that is just a tamas renunciation. 
So one must understand what is the role of beauty in one's own spiritual growth. The only reason why Arjuna would determine, decide not to perform his duties because he does not see its importance in his life. And I hope, Arjuna, that by now you understood what is the importance of performance of duty in your life, in spiritual life as well as in material life. And still, because of some problem that you have, some emotional problem, what is the hankara, some pride is an emotional problem. I'm not, why should I listen to him? Now that means that, you know, so if you don't have a shraddha, so when we somehow we have not discovered the shraddha or the trust, in the veracity of the, the, you know, the, of what is being taught. Sometimes we even question the intentions of the scriptures, people's question. Sometimes they question the intentions of the teachers also, for whatever reason. And then that is what comes in the way of being able to accept the teaching. Then that's a great obstacle. And as you know, ultimately you'll be governed by some, something. Prakritistva, your own nature will govern you, will control you. Kartum naichas yanmohat karishasi avasobhitata and therefore what you do not wish to do on account of delusion moha so Arjuna if at all he gives up this karma or the duty he is also moha because he has not understood the importance of karma in his life and that is how Bhagavad Gita began when Arjuna said that nacha shreyanu pasyami mahave I do not see any good coming out of this by killing my relatives and dear and near ones in this battlefield. I do not see what good is going to come out of this. Why Arjuna? If you fight this battle, you will uh, you'll get victory. So what? Then you will get kingdom. So what? Then you will get power and all the pleasures. He says, Nakang Shevijayam Krishna, Nacharajyam Sukhanicha. Hey Krishna, I do not want victory. I don't want kingdom. I do not want all means of pleasure. What is there in kingdom? What is there in pleasures? What is there even in long life? So Arjuna thinks that this is what you get by performing a duty. But Lord Krishna has taught that not only your duty, your performance of action will give you this material result, it can give you much more than that. Krupanaha phalahetavaha buddhsot buddhau shanamanvichya krupanaha phalahetavaha Here Arjuna, resort to your buddhi, resort to this karma yoga. Those who perform actions merely with the desire for attaining material ends, they do not know the value of action. Action is that which can give you much more than that, it can become a means of moksha. So it is up to us to make the action or duty that we perform as a means of just material gain or even the duty can be made as a means of attainment of moksha. And all of these Lord Krishna has taught. And still if you insist, Virangshasi, then you will invite your own destruction. Because tremendous conflicts will go on. Sanyasastha Mahabaho Dukhamaptam Ayogata. Without the discipline of yoga, without the maturity of the mind, even gives up the action and says, I'm going to meditate now. That's all. Vinanshasi, you will have tremendous conflict because on one hand your mind is not ready to meditate or contemplate. On the other hand, you have given up the action which is required to channelize your inner inner discomfort, inner ragadveshas. And that is, the, you are going to invite conflict. Many where you are living a way of life which is not compatible to your tendencies. The idea is that we should live a way of life and we should those, do those things 
which are compatible to our nature, our tendencies. And that is how our nature also gets, can be channelized in doing something very creative. In that process, I also grow and a time will come when I'll become free from the need to do something. Until then, we have to perform our duty. Yan muhat kartam naichasi and on account of delusion, you feel that you do not want to fight. Avashopitat karishasi. You helplessly do what you do not want to do right now. <coughs> All of this, Lord Krishna said. Just in conclusion, this is all extolling karma yoga. It is not threatening Arjuna, rather than stuti. Stuti means praising, extolling the karma yoga. So, there is this method called and vyatareka. Anvara means you show the benefit that comes by doing that. And vyatareka you show the disadvantage that comes by not doing it. So Lord Krishna first described the advantages. Mat prasadadavapnodi shashvatam padamavyayam. Here, Arjuna, if you perform your duty in the spirit of worship, then by my grace you will attain the abode which is eternal and imperishable, meaning that you will attain moksha. On the other hand, if you don't do that, suppose somebody says, Swami, Lord, I am not interested in moksha. Can I not do this? Can I give this? He says, No. If you don't do this, vinanshasi, you will invite your own destruction. And so both the things are said here, the advantage of doing and disadvantage of not doing. This is the style of the scriptures, this is the shaili. <coughs> Who is the one ultimately controlling everything? Lord Krishna says in the verse 61, Ishwara Sarva Bhutanam, Ishwara Sarva Bhutanam, the Lord abides in the heart of all the living, all the beings. Lord Narayana, or whatever, Narayana, Shiva, whatever you like to call him, Lord. Since this is the uh, teaching of Lord Krishna, therefore Lord Narayana Vasudeva abides in the heart of all the beings. That's good. What does he do there? He doesn't keep quiet. Remaining in the heart of all the living beings, he's doing something there. What is he doing? Brahmayan Sarabhutani, causing all the beings to revolve. Yantra Arudhani Maya, Yantra Arudhani, like, you know, like the puppets, or rather, imagine a, a, a circle or a merry-go-round, let us say, you know. So, all the beings are in fact driven to revolve round and round, like those seated on a merry-go-round. So once you sit on the merry-go-round, merry-go-round also is good, but how about the roller coaster? That's even, you know. And so, once you sit on the roller coaster, that is it, you have no freedom. The first time I went for the roller coaster, I did not know what it was, you know. And I know that there was this amusement park and there was a long line with some friends who had gone. 
many years ago. And we saw the people returning, I think some five, ten dollars, whatever it was, you know, was fair, fair, good amount of, you know, money was to be paid. And you, I, I found that people are just returning in two minutes. For two minutes they are charging so much money. I said, that's all the fun you have for two minutes. And so, all right, when our turn came, sat on the roller coaster, and first it rose, and then you could see such beautiful view everywhere. How nice it is, you know. It was at night, and therefore lighting and everything you appreciated. And then it just, it just fell down, you understand it? You dropped down, and then you hold on to this bar. And before you realize, you were just thrown sideways. My eyes were closed. I was holding on to that bar for my dear life. And those two minutes would not end. I said, when is this going to come end, you know? I could see nothing around, my eyes were closed. All I could experience was throwing sideways, this way, up, up and down. And when it ended, I said, my heart came to this place, I was happy to get out, you know. And thank God the two minutes ended. Those two minutes appeared, you know, it felt like it was two years, it just unending thing, the roller coaster. And this is what Lord does. Each one of us is riding the roller coaster of the life. Lord Krishna, Lord, sitting in the heart of the living beings, makes everybody revolve, go round and round. So, Brahmayan Saraputani making them revolve. But more than revolve, I would say making them go round the roller coaster. And this is a never ending roller coaster. We think that this one lifetime is okay and then that's it. No, it doesn't come to an end. Sometimes we feel that now, Lord Krishna, Lord should please take this body away, take this, remove this life. No. Let me I come to a conclusion, let me end all this. But if the death brings the end to all of his struggle, that is fine. But it doesn't, unfortunately, because another body is ready. Even while I am dying, I, uh, I already prepared, you know, what next embodiment is going to be there. And therefore, no sooner I depart from here, I am already moving towards my destination and uh, there also I am helpless. Svakarma Dutena Javena Nitaha Viveki Chodamani says that these fellows are in fact taken or led by their own karma from one place to the other. In Panchadashi this is compared to a, a, a like the worm. So just being swept in the current very well. <coughs> from one whirlpool to the other whirlpool. So in one whirlpool and you think, what will happen, when will this end? And by grace of God, whatever it comes to an end, except you drag the other whirlpool. From there to the third whirlpool. This is life. This is a description of life. Vedantic way of describing life, you know. But then sometimes they call it samsara sagaram, the ocean of samsara. Samsara meaning a life of constant struggle. Like the, this tenth man. Struggle is also very like the tenth man. Searching for the tenth man. If now we know what it is that we are struggling for, then it's all fine. If there is a clarity in that what I am seeking is moksha, and that is to be attained by knowing myself, and therefore my now understanding, I am very clear that what I am seeking in life is knowledge, and that knowledge requires some preparation of mind, definitely, and that preparation requires me to lead a certain way of life. If that clarity is there, all right, I am proceeding. I know that I am reaching Gangotri, okay, it's from Rishikesh to Gangotri, 120 kilometers, long distance, doesn't matter. But I know that this is a road that leads to Gangotri, 
and so I'm tracking that. And all along the way you enjoy. Enjoy the river, Ganga flowing down and then you enjoy the peaks of mountains and enjoy the beautiful scenery and these Gangotri sometimes. But then when I do not know where I'm going, when I do not know where the destination is, and then I may be moving fast and still maybe going in the wrong direction altogether. And I think that I made a lot of progress, but I may have made progress right in the opposite direction. So that is what we mean by revolving in this ocean, of, in this samsara chakra, in this wheel of samsara. Ignorance. It is because of ignorance that the person keeps on revolving from one embodiment to another embodiment, even from the womb to the tomb also, the tremendous amount of struggle. There's nothing wrong in struggle, provided struggle may help me to grow. They say that experience is the best teacher, but not always. Provided a person learns from experience, otherwise we keep on going through experiences and never grow. So that is what is meant here that it is a Lord that in fact turns, skips this wheel of the, the samsara going and all the ignorant people are compared to those which are riding this roller coaster of the samsara or they are like the, uh, the puppets, you know, which are controlled by this puppeteer. And this is how, uh, therefore, Arjuna, you do not have the freedom. So in the earlier verses they were told, Arjuna was told that your nature will control you. But here now Lord Krishna says, it is Lord that controls He is the one that controls everything. In Kenopanishad that student, aspirant goes to the teacher and asks him, what it is prompted by which the mind performs its activities? What makes the eyes see? What makes the ears hear? What makes this prana, the breath go up and down? What makes all this happen? Shrutrasya Shrutram Manasaha Manoyat Vachoha Vacham So the teacher says, it is the ear of the ear and mind of the mind and eyes of the eyes and speech of the speech. That means there is something that makes the speech, you know, utter the words. There is something that makes the eyes see, there is something that makes the ears hear, and that is what we mean by the one that is prompting all the activities. Aham sarvasya prabhavaha matpas sarvam pravartade. The whole universe is arisen from me, and it is all the time being, uh, being impelled by me. And that, that there is someone that impels everything. There is a consciousness, that person, in the presence of which this personality performs its functions. That's called Ishvara, the person and the personality. The personality consists of his body, sense organs, mind, intellect, but they are unliven. They are energized, they are impelled by the person, the consciousness. That's called Ishvara have. Sarabhutam, Bhudarnika Upanishad, you know, is a very beautiful section called the Antaryami Brahmana. Antaryami Brahmana, the Lord Antaryami, Antasand Yamayati, one who remaining inside controls everything. Because we see the whole world being controlled. So it says, Yah prasivyam tishtan prasivyaha antaraha yam prasivyina veda yasya prasivy shariram yah prasivyam antaraha yamayati. So one who remains within the earth, whom the earth does not know, the earth does not know, the one that remains within the earth, whom the earth does not know, for whom the earth is a body, and remaining within the earth, who controls the earth. What do you mean, Swami, controls the earth? That earth behaves only in a certain way. 
us does not have freedom to be to behave in a manner different from what it is doing. Earth is required to go around the sun at a certain speed. Earth is that which supports all the beings. Earth is that which, you know, nurtures and nourishes. Earth performs a certain function and it has free, not, no freedom not to perform that. And the Rodhanika Upanishad describes all the elements. So one that remains within the fire, whom the fire does not know, for whom the fire is a body, and remaining within the fire, who controls the fire. And that means that fire also acts in a controlled, a determined, predetermined manner. So we find everything in the universe functioning as though being controlled by an inner controller. Is it not so? The whole universe functions in a very systematic manner. That it's controlled by the laws. And so there is inner controller. It's called antaryami. And so the human being also functions as though it's controlled. Our tendencies also are there. And through them we are all controlled. <coughs> so as you can understand that there is an inner controller and he determines everything. And therefore, you do not have the freedom. Dhamin sarabhutani yantra rudhani maya. By maya, by delusion, by ignorance, he makes all the beings go round and round, revolve in this chakra, samsara chakra, the wheel of samsara. So what do we do? And so Lord Krishna says in the next verse, Tame Vasharanam Gacha, Tame Vasharanam Gacha, Sarvabhave Nabharata, Sarvabhave Nabharata, Tat Prasadat Param Shantim, Tat Prasadat Param Shantim, Sthanam Prapsasishashvatam, Sthanam Prapsasishashvatam. Tame Vasharanam Gacha, here you know, take refuge in him. Sarvabhavena Bharata. Hey Bharata, here you know, Sarvabhavena. By your whole being, by your whole being, take refuge unto the one who is seated in your heart and who by whom everything is controlled. <coughs> Although you see, when we, when we describe Ishwara or God as the controller, there is certain negative connotation there. So you what do you mean God is doing this? Is God is making us go round and round? That's very unfair. God is controlling what we do. Looks like it's unfair. Not really. We cannot say that God really does it. All he does is God is nothing but that presence. But my tendency is also energized in the presence of consciousness. So because of consciousness, whatever tendencies I have, they are enlivened. And through those tendencies, my behavior, whatever I do, is controlled. In that sense, we say that God controls, not that He has some kind of help or scepter in His hand, and He controls everything. Our God is not the one who controls, and He requires thousands of hands and legs to control the whole universe. No, His presence is enough. Maya Adhyakshana Prakrutihi Suhate Sacharacharam In the ninth chapter was said that, it is in my presence that Prakrutihi performs all its activities of creation, sustenance, resolution. And though in our chart we show how the personality is where all the activities take place, and the person, the God, is ultimately here in the presence. So that is the consciousness in whose presence everything happens. It's a way of saying that everything is controlled. We say God is order, even the word order also means some kind of an order is there. Not that there is any effort in the part of God to in fact establish the order, but the very presence keeps everything in order. So really when we say everything is controlled, we can say that everything is in order. 
that there is a harmony, that there is a rhythm, and that ultimately the rhythm of harmony is due to the Lord. Tameva Sharanam Gacha. Take refuge unto that Lord who is of the very nature of the order, of the very nature of the harmony, in whose presence everything takes place, who is the Sattva Spurti Pradada, one that imparts Sattva and the Spurti, one that imparts the existence to everything, the intelligence to everything, like a wheel that rotates, the very axis. The axis is that which supports the wheel, and axis is that which rotates the wheel. And thus we can compare law to the axis of the whole universe, that provides the existence, support, as well as the dynamism. And so, rather than sticking on the wheel, <coughs> go to the very center. You see, one of the saints, I think Kabir has said, you know, uh, in the olden days there used to be those, uh, what do you, grinding mill, what do you call that, you know, where you, uh, grinding stone, where you grind the, the grains. Every morning, they wake, get up, the housewife gets up, or the, the daughter-in-law, whoever it is, you know, <laughs> so wakes up early in the morning. At 4.30, and in the grinding stone, grind the wheat. And as you know, if this wheat has not been cleaned properly, sometimes in the wheat there are some worms, some you know, insects also there, some worms also are there. And they also get ground along with the wheat. Except the worm, that chooses to remain near that axis. You have seen the grinding stone. So there is a hole in between which is inserted in the axis. So there is one stone which is fixed in which there is a spoke or an axis upon which the other stone which is rotating stone is placed and that's how we grind. The insect that sticks to that little central axis that is the one that does not get ground and the one that stays away from that gets ground. Or the other example that they give is like a fisherman, when he throws his net, all the fish that is away from the fisherman gets caught in the net. But the fish that is playing around the feet of the fisherman, he doesn't get caught in the net. So similarly also, this whole wheel is there. Where should we go? If you want to be ground, well, all right, you stay away. If you want to be saved from this grinding, go to the very center, which provides a very existence provides support, provides dynamism, that is called God. Tameva sharanam gacha. Here Arjuna, take refuge unto him. Sarvabhavena bharata, by your whole being. What do you mean by whole being? At the level of your body, speech, mind, all that, by, by your whole being, take refuge unto him. The sharanam, ashrayam, samsara arti haranatham. The word sharanam is a very beautiful word, derived from the root shri. In the sense of that which destroys, that which tears off. Meaning, going where all your grief and all your fear and all your anxieties and all your pain and suffering is all torn apart. Meaning that where all your suffering comes to an end, that is called sharanam. Tameva sharanam gacha. Here you know, take refuge into the Lord. Who is the one that impels everything. And reaching there, your, all your all your suffering, all your pain and suffering and sorrow will come to an end. That is why it's called Sharanam. In the ninth chapter, Lord Krishna said, Katir Bharata Prabhasakshi Nivasa Sharanam Suhrita. I am the Sharanam. I am the refuge of the whole universe. I am the protector of everybody. What kind of protector? Suhrita. The one 
who uh, who helps. So one who is a well-wisher without expectation of any return favor. That is called suhrut. There is a word called mitra. Mitra means a friend. So with a friend there is a relationship, a mutual relationship. I help my friend, my friend helps me. Suhrut means that well-wisher who helps me without expecting any return favor. Lord, Lord says, I am the suhrut. I help, I am the well-wisher of everyone without expecting any return from them. So silently he keeps on doing everything for everyone. And so silently he does it that nobody even notices his presence. Tameva Sharanam take refuge unto him. And offer yourself with your wholehearted, whole being. <coughs> Wholeheartedly offer yourself to him. Meaning, perform all your actions for him. Actions you perform at the level of body, at the level of speech, at the level of mind. Whatever you do, you do for him. <coughs> Tat prasadat param shantim sthanam prapsadi shashvatam. As a result, you make him favorable to you. The important thing is to make God favorable to us, so that he makes note of it, no take, takes note of us, you know. There is one saint, a great saint in India about 500 years ago, his name was Tulsidas. Uh, this Tulsidas is very famous, who has written Ram Charitmanas, the story of Rama in Hindi, an excellent, outstanding work, outstanding work of devotion as well as of knowledge. And he has written many other things also, many poems also he has written, many devotional songs also he has written. In one song, he appeals to, not to Lord Rama, but his consort Sita. He appeals to Sita, the consort of Rama, says, Oh, Mother Sita, next time when you meet Lord Rama alone, then just remind him of me. Or refer, refer me to him. Refer me to him. That, oh Lord, there is one fellow called this Tulsidas. He is a great cheat. So Tulsidas says about himself. They tell Lord Rama on my behalf, just refer me to him that this fellow Tulsidas is a great cheat. He is pretending to be a great devotee. In fact, in the name of Rama, he is cheating the whole world and getting all the benefits because people think that he is a great saint and he is a great devotee and therefore he receives the respect and reverence of everybody. In fact, I am nothing. I am not his devotee, I am just a show, I am just making a show. But refer me to him and tell him that there is somebody called Tulsidas who is just a thugger, who is a cheat. Say that. And he uses your name and gets all the benefits by using your name. So tell Lord Rama this. Then what will happen? At least Rama will hear my name. Oh, Tulsidas! And he will hear my name. Once you think of me, and that is enough for me. Let him once think of me. So he once thinks of me and just becomes very favorable to me, that's all, then my work is done. In the 10th chapter also says that Lord Krishna says that when I find that my devotees are worshipping me for just love, for love out of me, then out of compassion for them, I dispel the darkness of ignorance in the heart and illumine the lamp of knowledge. He does it. 
So it is Lord who does it. All you have to do is to make him do that. That's sure. He should recognize that I badly want him to do this. Therefore, Sarvabhavena Bharata. So, may you take his refuge wholeheartedly by your whole being. And so he knows that you want your ignorance to be removed. You want all your obstacles to go. Let him, let him hear that. Let him learn that. And then, tat prasadat. Thus he becomes favorable to you. You invoke that compassion in him. You invoke that pity or compassion in him. Make him favorable to you. Tat prasadat. What are you saying, Swami? Making Lord favorable to me? He knows what I want. Why should I have to pray to the Lord? Does he not know he's, he's omniscient? Does he not know what I want? Does he not know what I need? But anyway, whether we like it or not, he always showers his favor. As we said, the sun always showers his light. But still, there is some expectation on our part to open our windows anyway, then the light can flood in. That much we have to do. Similarly also, even though the favor of the Lord is always available to us, and still, you have to open that window by making him know that I want that favor. How do I, how do I declare this? By wholeheartedly accepting him as my refuge. By wholeheartedly offering myself to him. And thus, by making my intention very clear that this is all I want. Wholeheartedly means what? That you don't need anything else. Otherwise I am a devotee of many things today. For half an hour in the morning and half an hour in the evening I am devotee of Lord also. And then I become devotee of somebody else. When I go to my business place, I become devotee of my, of my income. And then when I go to some place else, I become devoted to something else. And therefore today, I am devotee of many things and therefore wholeheartedly, I am not the devotee of the Lord. I am a part-time devotee. Wholeheartedly means what? Become a full-time devotee. Because Lord likes that, you sh- he, he should be the only one occupying your heart and nobody else. He is rather a jealous person, jealous person, you know. And therefore, if you find that you love more than one, you love him also, and love somebody else also, and somebody else also, then he is very shy, he doesn't come forward. When you find that all you love is himself, and that in your heart the only one who is placed is him, then he comes. Sarva Bhavena. And therefore, by whole being, may you worship him. And when he is convinced that you are very sincere, that you mean what you say, otherwise every evening we say, Tera tujko arpan, kya laage mera? Tanamana dhan sab tera, sab kuch hai tera. Oh Lord, this body, this mind, my wealth is all yours. It's yours that I am giving it to you. So Lord thinks that, oh, he has given everything to me. But next thing again he comes and sings the same thing, you know. This is all yours and I am giving to you. He's not just saying that I am giving to you. He's waiting for us to give it to him. And when he feels that he, he, he means what he says, that's all. So that is what is meant that when this intention, when this intention becomes very clear, and when I'm totally committed to it, I'm totally com- devoted to that, that prasadat, that is when I become the recipient of his favor. Param shantim sthanam prapsasi shashvatam. By his grace, by his favorableness, param shantim prapsasi, you'll gain absolute peace. Param Shantim. Shanti means peace. Param meaning that which is unconditional. Unconditional peace you get. That which is not limited in time, place or condition is called Param. 
param shantim prapsasi, you will attain that eternal peace. And shashvatam sthanam prapsasi, you will attain that eternal abode. The abode is the eternal abode. Yad gatva nivatande taddhama paramam mama. Having reached where, there is no coming back. Having attained what, there is no more to attain. <coughs> that ultimate goal of your life, you will get tat prasadat by His grace. So remember, or make a note of more than once Lord Krishna is talking about prasada. In the verse 56, mat prasada adavapnoti. By my prasada, by my, my grace, you will attain the eternal and imperishable abode. In the verse 58, mat chitta saradurgani mat prasada tarishasi. By my grace, you will overcome all the obstacles. And again in verse 62, tat prasada param shantim sthanam prapsa By his grace, he will attain the absolute peace and the eternal abode. When prasada, prasada, prasada. Prasada means grace, favorableness. And so by our devotion, we make, that is, isn't that so? To make somebody favorable, you require devotion. Like, what do boy children do when they want the favor of the father? Want to go for a movie in the evening, you know? It's not that father will let him go. Those days we didn't have any pocket money and stuff like that. If you wanted to do some, go someplace, you would ask for money. So want to go for a movie in the evening. And father generally doesn't like me to go to movies, you know. And so, but anyway, this evening the father returns home and I'm waiting at the door, receiving him. I take his shoes from him and I put them away. Take his socks and put them in the right place. And father, dad, this chair is ready for you. Be seated. Shall I get a cup of tea for you? What kind of, you know? He knows something is going on here, but anyway, he's pleased with this. My son, oh yeah, that's very good. So what can I do for you? Dad, can I, can I go to the movies this evening? All right, okay. And so you require prasada, favorableness. That's one way of doing, another way of doing it. Dad, I am going to go to the movie this evening. No, my son, yes, I will do. That's another way of doing it also. But a very graceful way of doing is what? Get his favor, you know, and win the favor. <coughs> that requires me to do some work, of course. You know, so I do something, I receive the favor. It's very sweet. When I go to the movies knowing fully well that my dad, I have the permission, and that, you know, I have his grace, and I'm very comfortable. If I go to the movie knowing fully well that my father is not happy, you know, I cannot be very comfortable. <coughs> anyway, so prasada, prasada means favor. In short, living a way of life such that we progressively keep on receiving the favor of the Lord. Because in all these verses it is very clearly said, it is Lord's favor that accomplishes everything for us. Tat prasada darva tameva sharanam Take only refuge of Him and no one else. There is an evakara there. Take refuge of Lord alone and no one else. Sarvabhavena bhārnivārata By our whole being, take refuge unto Him. <coughs> okay, we'll continue tomorrow. Om Pūrṇamada Pūrṇamidam Pūrṇat Pūrṇamudachyate 